Welcome to Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators, for serious backup power and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. A big welcome to Off The Bench, another week by the wayside as we get to round 25. That's right, the final weekend of the home and away season and uh, you can just, you get that little sense, that little smell in the air that finals are just around the corner. Uh, For eight clubs though, uh, it's just about the end of the line and speaking of which, we'll uh, discuss where it might have gone a little wrong for those eight clubs who won't be participating throughout the month of September. Benny Jones is my name, proudly brought to you by Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power and first choice liquor is this particular program off the bench and alongside me is a man who knows all about getting it done come finals time and going to be interested in some of his insights over the next month or so but Scotty Sattler welcome to you Sats and uh, well again it's been another big week in league news. It has um, Cameron Smith of course is he going to play on in 2019 it looks like he's, he will which bring him closer to 400 games. Yeah, you've, many, got, you've got an issue with this yeah, though haven't you? Many, yeah. I think and many are starting to jump on the on the bandwagon here, yeah. Benny. Is, is it really 400? Or if you want to add up all these representative games, is it closer to 500? Which I've, I've never quite understood why the, 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 the two are broken apart. And then yeah. you could even, if you want to get really technical, throw in the mix if you've played overseas in, in the highest competitions in, say, the UK. Are those games, should no, they be included? Well, they should be. Well, they're no. games of rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to draw the line on those ones, yeah. are you? Yeah, I'm but not- of course, throughout the week... Probably the yeah. the biggest news was the the Sharks salary cap scandal. Yep, is it as big as what we think it is? Yes, they've done something wrong. We know that, but is it as big as what we imagine or assume it's going to be? Are we trying to measure this up up alongside the Melbourne Storm yeah. salary cap scandal, which I think we're guilty of doing? I think a lot of people want to bring the Sharks down because they're the new manly of the competition. Mm. Everyone loves to hate the Sharks. Mm-hmm. So we're, st- we're trying to compare this to the, the Melbourne Storm salary cap scandal where it's it's not even the same postcode. While it's it's vastly different, and you're absolutely spot on there, uh, Sats, uh, there, there, there will be no doubt some punishments handed out. And I just wonder more so in this case with the Sharks, whether the flow-on effects, as opposed to retrospective punishments, but the future punishments, if they were to be docked money from their future salary cap, what kind of effect that might have on one particular player, Valentine Holmes, yep. who we know uh, the club is desperate to hold on to. There are overtures from a club at the north of the country that are very, very keen to get him back to, obviously, where he grew up. So while it might not cost them a premiership, it might not cost them too much as far as the past, the future, it may have some huge repercussions. It, it may. And it, that, that's probably the only penalties you can you can uh, put on a club when it comes to uh, salary cap scandals and salary cap um, rorting is that you need to affect their ability to recruit mm. in years to come. Now, with Ben Barber signing at North Queensland Cowboys, which is, which is a, another set of news the over the last yep. you know, 24, 48 hours, yep. is that does that, and only to a one-year deal as well, Benny Barber, so does that basically, is that a play to see what happens with the Sharks mm. over the next sort of six to eight months? And in 2020, does that mean Valentine Holmes may be the player that the Sharks have to cut free because of salary cap penalties. All right. Well, what can you tell us? Just, I suppose, for those uh, who've been living under a rock, who might not be aware of what what has happened with Cronulla, I suppose the the bare bones of it, the basics, what they're uh, accused of doing, in a sense, have self-reported. So they've put their hand up and said, well, there's there's been an oversight here or a mistake made. What's your understanding of it, Sats? How much of it do we know and how much might still be yet to be unfolded? We don't know a lot. It's still really early days, even though the last few months the NRL have been delving deeply into um, phone records, 
servers, emails, whatever it may, any correspondence that's got to do with their football office. Yep. Now, Barry Russell, former player with the, with the Cronulla Sharks, now CEO, he reported some discrepancies back in 2015, a $50,000 payment that was made to a player. Mm-hmm. And he did that, as you said, to be transparent with the NRL, which I think may hold them in very good stead down the track it's, when it's, it comes it's to It's a penalties. good start. Yeah, Put it? your hand up. Yeah. We've done something yeah. maybe wrong here. We don't yeah. know what it is. I wasn't here. We've got a, a new CEO. We've got a new set of board members as well. Um, but we just want you to have a look at it. Obviously, that then opens up the door for them to have yeah. a look at everything. The equivalent of pleading guilty before heading to trial. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I've pled guilty to uh, manslaughter, but we end up finding out it's murder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, $250,000 at the moment. Mm. It seems as though to be the figure that has been overpaid to players through a third party, uh, which was a fo- football club employee. Um, we, know, we now know that Chris Heinington was a player that was was given the, the third party $50,000 deal. Uh, his manager, Wayne Beaver, says that every third party agreement to Chris Heinington back in 2015, or while he was with the Cronulla Sharks, yep. is all accounted for, okay. is all documented, and is also all been transparently handed through to the NRL. So um, now we have to find out what comes in between, what players may have been getting third-party agreements, whether it's and not reported to the NRL. Mm. Um, this is where the third-party system is is still very grey. Um, but what we do know is moving forward, it will affect their ability to recruit. It will affect their salary cap moving forward for maybe one to two years, mm-hmm. which they'll recover from pretty quickly yeah. because they're, they've become a club that players actually want to play for. And But the repercussions on possible managers is, is going to be very interesting. Now, the NRL have also come out through the week uh, and uh, have suggested that the punishments for clubs that decide to when the word uh, rort is used, uh, whether we're going quite to those extremes, but certainly who, who make blues and and uh, and and just step outside the lines of, of what is fair when it comes to the salary cap punishments in the past. Uh, they're looking at maybe even doubling some of those financial sanctions. Which it's a fair whack, isn't it? Well, there's got to be a deterrent. And at the moment, they're feeling as though the deterrent's not there. And we saw the Melbourne Storm back, 2009, 2010, all through that period, five years and upwards of $3.7 million over yep. five years that they, they rorted the salary cap. And the Eels, and we've seen in recent times, Manly and as well as the Bulldogs, Bulldogs. as far as just getting their players within that cap, it's well, become problematic. Yeah. Well, the fine for Man- uh, Melbourne back in back in the day was $1.26 million or something. Yeah, yeah. Premiership script, script, which I don't think means anything. Everyone's mm. still allocates them as the premiers. We do as former players. We know that. I think the fine and, and that season where they had to play for no points yeah. um, was probably really tough, really hard. But, uh, yeah, looking at doubling the fines, up to upwards of $2 million yeah. if, if seen to be rorting the salary cap. They're not saying that Cronulla is sitting within that range or that scale at the moment, but there needs to be a, a pretty pretty big deterrent to um, to think that if you're in football staff and you think there are some shortcuts we could possibly make and – when you get in the mindset to think that you're smarter than the people that are sitting mm. in the headquarters, the mm. head office, yeah. that's when you're in trouble. You might be in a bit of strife there. All right, so uh, as we said, the, uh, scratch the surface on that one at Cronulla. There will probably be more to come over the next few weeks. But what we do know, and, and, and I think it's a sigh of relief for all involved, is that it won't affect uh, the upcoming final series. There had been, I think, early on in the piece in this one, uh, an assertion that maybe they'd be booted from the finals, but that is not going to be the case. The NRL saying they are all clear as far as 2018 Just listening, is Just really, listening to Paul Gallen and Michael Innes the other day, interesting enough, they said, said 
there's a time period there where they thought they're going to strip the 2016 premiership yeah. from us. Yep. But as a player, yeah, my son, he alluded to me only two days ago. He said, Dad, do you know in 2003 when you won the premiership? I said, yeah. He goes, he said, you guys got fined for breaching the salary cap. Were you aware? You weren't aware of that? Didn't even, didn't have any idea about it. Didn't have any clue that it, oh. only until two days ago when he told me. If, if they stripped that premiership from us, I would still regard us as the premiers. And so would everyone else yeah. in, the, in the game as well. If, if they stripped it off Cronulla, everyone in the game would still believe that they were the premiers that year. Right, let's get into a Friday night preview. Uh, and, uh, of course, we're looking at the game involving Cam Smith, his storm taking on the Panthers. Uh, that's something you've pointed out. While there are seven games this weekend that have a bearing on the finals in some shape or form, this is actually the only game this weekend with uh, two teams participating that will be playing in the finals. Yeah, I think what we're really interested in seeing now, we, we know that... Um we knew the top eight was realistically finalised a couple of weeks ago, but it still becomes interesting to where they finish up in the top eight. There's still teams... so tight. It's so tight this season from first to eighth, really. Well, we're looking at now who's going to host yeah. finals. We know that the Storm will definitely host a final, whether they're first or second. No, they will be first. Uh, we know that the first week of the finals, we'll see the Rabbits will play the Roosters. They'll finish second or, or third, third, either way. One way or it another. now just yep. depends on... Yep. Um, who hosts that final. And we'll also see in the bottom part of the eight, from fifth through to eighth, we've got the Panthers, Dragons, Broncos, Warriors, who are all playing for home finals as well. I would love to see the Broncos and the Warriors host a final, especially in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, but this weekend's game, the Storm versus the Panthers, the only game that has a bearing on the top eight yep. and where they sit. Two teams that are in the finals. Um, Slater out. Yeah. Family illness. Yep. Um, it was announced yesterday. Yeah, so uh, and, and it's probably a safe bet as well. We we realise he, he came back this year also from one of those shoulder surgeries and and monitoring and engaging your, your most experienced players, but also your older players as well. Just giving them any chance to refresh themselves is going to be beneficial for them through the finals. My only concern is that they haven't decided on a halfback yet, or have they? Now they've named Brody Croft. Jerome Hughes will play fullback in place of. Billy Slater, but and it seems though that leading into the finals, everyone's saying they haven't decided on a fallback. But I think that Craig Bellamy has by yeah. allowing Brady Croft to play in the number seven jersey the last game of the season says that he's going to run with Brady Croft through the finals. Um, I think he's made that blatantly clear. He's not going to he's not going to dabble with that week one of the finals. Um, but my main concern for Melbourne is, do they want the minor premiership? Yeah, and you've got a theory behind this. Obviously, one will play four, and four likely. It's not locked in stone no. by any stretch, but four likely to be Cronulla, who is a side that one of the few sides, dare I say, it, in the competition sats over the past three, four seasons that has regularly troubled the Melbourne Storm. There aren't many sides that can say that, hang their hat on that, but Cronulla certainly are. So are you, are you of the belief that they want to avoid them, or is it just best to get them first up? Well, if the Roosters get beat... Well, Based on points for and against, they're at fourth Cronulla at the moment, 84 positive. Yeah, they they can still, uh, if the Roosters lose and they win, go to third. So that that is a possibility But on the flip well. side of that, if they lose and the Panthers beat well, the Warriors, sorry, the, the Panthers... Beat the Storm. Beat the Storm by a big score, which won't happen. They'll no. jump into fourth. Well, now, yeah, you never so know. we're going to think that the Cronulla are going to finish fourth, Melbourne are finishing first. We know that Melbourne really struggle. If there's any side they struggle with, it's the Cronulla Sharks. Mm-hmm. Cronulla have this ability. We always used to say with Melbourne Storm, if you want to break up their, their disciplined defence, they're so good structurally across the park defensively, 
you've got to have a lot of ball movement. Try and get offloads in the tackles so you break up their structure so they can't win those one-on-one battles. Now, basically, the Sharks, it's about just getting under their skin getting their key players to, to take their focus on the job, off the job at hand. And that's what the Sharks yep. have a really good job, do a really good job at doing with the, with the Melbourne Storm. They have this ability to get in the face. Cameron Smith, what people have a, a tendency to do with Cameron Smith is they sit back and they ball watch him. And I think sometimes they, they're fascinated in what Cameron's well, going to do yeah. yep. when you're playing against him. When what you've really got to do is rush him, make him, make him play. And that's what Cronulla do. And they get under the skin of Slater. They get under the skin of... Will Chambers, they get up in the face of Jesse Bromwich mm. and they don't like it. Mm. So if they finish first, which they will, and Cronulla finish fourth, which they will, yep. they'll face each other week one at yeah. Amy Park. And it does not concern the Sharks whether no. they play them in a car park at one o'clock in the morning. With the Melbourne Storm, I think they worry about week one of the finals. All right. For Renault traffic, it's my business. It's my van. In the past month, you did note that Penrith have outscored Melbourne uh, 85 to 64, but worth noting that Melbourne have conceded only 59 points in those matches, whereas Penrith have leaked 103. So it shows you that uh, maybe from an attacking point of view, Penrith are going a little better, but defensively, uh, they're miles off the storm. And exactly. they haven't won at Amy for a long, long time. Two of the fastest finishing sides in the competition. Second are Penrith in the final 20 minutes. First yep. is Melbourne. There so if go. Penrith get behind, a lot of people are going to think, well, here they come. They'll come home mm. and they'll at least put themselves in, in the frame. But the stat you alluded to, yep. Melbourne won't allow them no, to no. because defensively they'll just shut down. Uh, Renault's 120-year celebration with Renault traffic from 31,990 drive away. Did I? Ryan Hoffman's not playing tonight, is he? Well, he's been named uh, in an extended he's, He had his leg amputated two weeks ago, yeah, didn't he? I, I, not only a torn hamstring, but oh. torn the tendon up near the bone as well, which is usually a six to eight to ten week ten week um, period on the sideline. I don't think they'd there's risk ma- him. There's some magic in the water down in Melbourne. If they make the grand final oh, in Melbourne yeah. Storm, yeah. He'd, make, he'd be available. Still, miracle recovery if he can get up. Yep. Uh, interesting to watch that one. Uh, Kubota Diesel Generators providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. And we're also here for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Quick break when we return. Uh, we'll review Thursday night's uh, action between the Rabbits and the Tigers. We've got a great debate where we're going to look at where it's gone wrong for the eight non-finals participating sides and a Makita Power Player as well. You are listening to Off the Bench. <laughs> Off the bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. This is Off the Bench for first choice liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Welcome back to Off the Bench. Benny Jones alongside former league star Scotty Sattler, Penrith Panthers Premiership player, Queensland rep amongst many other great achievements. We're powered by Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power and first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Plenty of shows still ahead of us. A Makita Power Player Sats tips for the last weekend of the season. Round 25, where has it all gone? But right now, let's do this. Let's get an NRL update for 7-Eleven. Tackle your lunchtime hunger at 7-Eleven. Good call. Certainly is. Work perks. Buy any drink at 7-Eleven to get a half-price lunch. How good is that? Conditions do apply. Pop into 7-Eleven to find out a little bit more. Thursday night review for 7-Eleven. And in every sense of the word, Sats, this was a demolition job by the Rabbits. We've been wondering 
where they were at last month that has found uh, them wanting and a few people suggesting that, well, maybe they're not in the Premiership mix, but they uh, answered a few of those critics with a resounding 51-10 to 10 win over the Tigers at ANZ Stadium. Just a few numbers I'll throw at you here. Eight tries to two, that's most important. 2,228 uh, run metres to just 881 from the Tigers. Nine line breaks to zero. 13 missed tackles in comparison to the Tigers' 47. It was men against boys at times there last night. It was. It was. Um, those run metres, amazing. Yep. You know, two kilometres they've run. Two and a bit. Thousand, thousand more metres than your opposition, which says straight away the scoreline 51 points to 10 1 is just unbelievable to yep. see a scoreline of that nature against a side, the West Tigers, who have really tr- troubled the Rabbitohs over recent years. Yeah. But to be able to give yourself that platform, that amount of run metres, really it, it gives your ball players and, and your real speedmen on the edge to one, get depth, but also just have so much time to think about what option you're going to take. When you talk about statistics, Benny, and you know how much I hate statistics. Oh, occasionally you're a fan of them, yeah. I will be today. <laughs> um, they lead the comp with most tries. They've overtaken yep. Canberra. Try assists, well, you'd imagine that if they've scored the most tries. Line breaks and run metres. Mm. And again, you set up a platform uh, like they did last night. With, with last night, there's two thoughts to this. There are sometimes you're aside when you know you're going to play finals, and when you're about three or four weeks out, you you start getting impatient. You, you want just to want to play yep. finals, and yep. it takes your focus off what the job at hand is that week. It affects your preparation. Um, you just want to get to finals and play finals and, and turn the switch on. Where I reckon, I think Anthony Seabold has said to South Sydney this week, leading into the West Tigers game, don't worry about scoring tries, don't worry about being fancy. Roll your sleeves up. Yep. We've got these huge, massive humans that can run like outside backs. Mm. I just want you to wind up from the back fence, and I just want you to just demoralise anything that stands. Put in a front bit of hurt of you. on, yep. and then just see what happens on the back of that. Mm-hmm. And what we did see with the Burgess boys, Tom and George especially, just just crashing through the defensive line, and then Damien Cook getting out, and then Cody Walker who was unbelievable in the game against the West Tigers just basically sizing up any situation and using his speed to, to create those uh, those moments on the edges. It was um, really refreshing to see. A lot of their tries are scored on the left-hand side, 75% of their tries. They started scoring tries on the right-hand side. So what that also says to the opposition is, don't worry about focusing on our left. We can score tries on our right as well. All right, Thursday night review there for 7-Eleven. Freshly ground coffee for $1 at 7-Eleven with a big win there for the Rabbits, 51-10 to over the Tigers. Right now on Off the Bench, let's do this. The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, let's do this for Kubota, uh, providing reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it. Uh, and we're going to... Uh, Throw back to some audio through the week that uh, yourself, Sats, Gary Belcher, myself, we uh, went through the eight clubs who won't be playing come finals time. We spoke about where it went wrong and those reasons for optimism for those eight non-finals teams. So let's take a little listen here on Off the Bench. But we'll start with uh, the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Sats, uh, why hasn't it happened for Garth Brennan's men? I think uh, one of the biggest areas for the Gold Coast Titans that lets them down is they've got no senior players, no real legitimate senior players that have been senior players at other clubs. Michael Gordon is probably one of their most capped players, but Michael Gordon by personality and by nature is a real introverted guy, a really popular teammate, but not a guy that's really going to be brutally honest with his side when they need it. Um, And I'm saying that with all, all respect. He's been a tremendous servant to the game, but no real senior players. Like Ryan James is... 
you know, their captain. Not a real, not a real play. Again, a real introverted yeah. character as well. Doesn't really want to call a spade a spade. So when so, it needs someone to. who makes the group just walk that a little bit taller. You fall in behind them, and you know, in the trenches, they're the they're the, they're the inspiration and also off there. the field. You just yep. got to you know when decisions need to be made from the playing group without the coach's intervention. Yeah, they're the players that step up and make the right decisions based on their experiences that they've had throughout the game and their years. A few things that have gone wrong. Around the halves, Ash Taylor, I just think, you know, he just didn't hit the ground running. And mm. with Kane LG, it wasn't quite right. They had to move. They brought AJ Brimson in, who's probably been their great find, and, and Fodawaka, Mo Fodawaka. But the other stuff around, like um, uh, Bryce Cartwright, like trying to find him a spot in the team. That was demoralising, I think, for the side because yep. he just wasn't wasn't putting in, and that made it really difficult for them. That, look, there's there's things to be optimistic. Yeah, about. Well, what what would excite you, Badgers, a Titans well, fan? Well, we've got some pretty good players coming, haven't they? With yeah. uh, with Tyrone Peachy and Shannon Boyd. Yep, that's going to help. That's a big body up front um, that can really help get them on the front foot. It's a pretty good rotation with both he Wallace and also James Ryan and James Fodawaka. Well. Fodawaka, it's a really it's good rotation. Fantastic, um, Tyrone Peachy. Whether he comes or whether it's James Maloney, one mm. of those, whether they come or if not both. We know that they've still got about 800000 or 600000 in their salary cap. They can use the Gold Coast Titans. The emergence of AJ Brimson. Yeah. Mo Fadawaka, who you spoke about, has been amazing. 18-year-old front row. Philip Sammy, the young outside back. Keegan Hipgrave, who was a lunatic but a really good player. And Garth mm. Brennan has a year under his belt. It's his first year. Yep. Yep. And it does take time for him to get to understand the players and get, like what he's get them playing the way he wants them to. So, yeah, on the up. He said at the, said at the start of the year, I just want everyone to know that when they play the Titans, mm. they know that they're in for a really tough battle. I think they've achieved that this year, the Titans. Mm. All right. I have asked the boys here to keep it to about two, two and a half minutes, but with the Canberra Raiders and Badge involved, I don't know how we're going to do that. But, well, before you speak here, I uh, just want to say, poo. Sats <laughs> for the Raiders. Uh, uh, ill-disciplined players in key positions, BJ Lailua. Um, Aiden Caesar, Blake Austin. That's not about giving away penalties. It's about making the wrong decisions mm. at the um, at the worst time during a during a game. Loss of Hodgson. Josh Hodgson at the start, like Jack in the World Whiten. Cup, didn't yeah. come yeah. back until round twelve or fifteen mm. or something. And they're a hard club to recruit to. Yep. You know, so they do their best. The Canberra Raiders, um, and they've lost two real big men as well, haven't they? In Shannon Boyd and. Oh, they're leaving at the end of the year, Boyd and Paulo. Paulo. Yeah, so yeah. that's going to be tough. They've also had injuries late to Croker, the, the skipper, um, Jared Croker, and Joe Tuppenay, who's an absolute sensation. So injuries have cost them, but um, yeah. certainly defensively, massive issues there. The and ability to, to not be able to focus and concentrate. It's just stay tough. Key you know areas like of the game, yeah. He's got to stay tough for 80 minutes and lock in and say, we, just, we are, if we, we're not going to break if we... If we do, it's not going to be a lot, you know. It's not yep. going to be regular, but they just some sides can just put a lot of points on them late, and yeah. especially when they're leading, that's the disappointing yeah. part uh, for me. Now, now you mentioned those injuries. Some of those players, big name players, will return and get full seasons. They've also looked to the UK badge to uh, strengthen up in the big man department. Yeah, they've got a couple of forwards coming. This big Ryan Sutton from Wigan. He's 118 kilos, so he's only 23. Um, good, so that's good to see him come in the front row. And Ryan Bateman, who played for England, he's in the he's a back rower. That'll help. That'll give them four poms. And the couple they've got at the moment, Hodgson and Elliot Whitehead, have been outstanding play, for Elliot them. Whitehead. Yep, mm. been fantastic. So that'll certainly help. Aiden Caesar's, uh, uh, sorry, um, uh, Blake Austin is moving on. If Canberra, not, not an issue. If Canberra could employ the the same tactics and the same process that the Warriors have taken on this year and been able to stay in games longer, then 
they could be anything yeah. Canberra with yeah. their playing it's, group. It's their, their, it's their complete focus, I reckon, yep. or mm. massive part of it. It's just it's happened the last two weeks, which has been great against the Rabbits and the yeah. Roosters. Mm. Case of what might have been. Let's move to the Newcastle Knights, who uh, obviously came into the season with a whole lot of optimism, with so many new faces, fresh faces, and of course the arrival sats of Kalen Ponga. Yeah, of course. Um, but losing Pierce. Yeah. As uh, in that game, in, I think it was Bathurst against the Panthers when he tore his pec. Came at a really bad time when they were really starting to gather a fair bit of momentum. Mm. So losing him, they had a lot of really good signings over the offseason. But he was, even though Carlin Pong was exciting, Pierce was going to be the ringleader, yeah. the ringmaster. And losing him, they, they lost their way a little bit. They were winning games and they won them just on pure individual brilliance. And, and difficult to get everyone to gel together. Yeah. You know, all these new players... Uh, coming to the club and to get them to gel together is tricky. And then when you have a few injuries, so I think they're I think they're looking on the up and up. And when you think about Ponger and Pierce and Sese, the Saifidi brothers, uh, they've got Tim Glasby coming next yep. year, which will be solid around the middle. Uh, Jesse Ramian, what a Good talent signing. on the fringes. Edric yeah. Lee as well, who's a, who's a try scorer from Cronulla. Yeah, so yeah, things are looking up for the Knights. You know the thing I love about the Knights as well, their coach. Nathan their coach is yeah, a real deal, isn't he? He is, and their fans. That's their positive. Their fans just keep getting behind them. Yeah, they've had some amazing crowds this season, even when finals were out of the question, uh, which for this club uh, only really dawned on them as of last weekend, and that is the West Tigers. Uh, they were one of the surprise packets early on in yeah. the season with their amazing defence. So I think they were just uh, less than 10 points conceded in their first three or four games, but uh, it hasn't been able to sustain, but reasons for Perfect that, so. start to the season, Control your your first five to six games around basics, discipline, and defence, and that's what they did. But there comes a time during the year where you got to flick the switch and just yep. lift the momentum a little bit. And they lacked that. They lacked a lot of creativity just in some of the key areas. They they played basically the first half of the year without a recognised number nine. I think they hit the wall a bit too. It looked to me like they they came out super fit and enthusiastic and uh, just, they were they were great. But then they hit a bit of a wall when other sides were just warming into it. Mm. And you've got to work this out as a coach before you start. You can't just be we're just going to be the best side right from the start because at some point you've you've got to you've got to back off, periodise. Get ready for, you know, it's, it's, it really is all about the finals. Mm. And if you have a big flat spot as they've done in the middle of the season, you mightn't recover. They haven't. They, look, if they win this week, they could be the first team for a long time to win 13 games and not make the finals. Yeah. Um, and that was generally the cutoff. You win 13, mm. 12, actually, there's been times when you win, you, you, you won 12 games and had two buys on 28 points you got in the finals. Shows you how close it's been. It's they, incredible. They could season. win 13 yeah. and not make it. Yeah. Uh, what gives you uh, a reason to smile in 2019 if you're a Tigers fan, just quickly? It's a tricky one, that. Um, Josh Reynolds. I'm glad the coach, Ivan Cleary's hanging around. Josh Reynolds. Yep. Get a lot more footy out of him. Um, they've signed Moses and to a longer term deal. He's. Yep. He was, he's been excellent for them since, um, since making that mid-season switch. The Parramatta Eels boys, where did it go wrong? Well, I think the most obvious one is their halves combination of Mitchell Moses and Corey Norman, who played a majority of the season in the halves. Um, it didn't work. Yeah, Mitchell Moses went over last year, halfway through the season, and it's like a shiny new toy. You get to a new place and you just play on enthusiasm and adrenaline and Everything seems to work, but then when you knuckle down over another pre-season, get ready for a, a, uh, a new season, it just didn't work between the two of them. And whether that comes back to Mitchell Moses wanting to control everything and Corey Norman also wanting to control, and there's a, a battle of wills between mm. each other, I thought it was um, I thought there was just no sync amongst the halves, professionally or emotionally. Yeah, I see a big ego there in Mitchell Moses that I just don't think he 
really knows yet how to play for the whole team, yep. and it's and it causes problems for for, for Corey Norman, who takes a bit of a bit of a back seat there at times. So I don't think it's his, done his future much. The other problem they had is the uh, Satch, you gave him the kiss of death. Started <laughs> you did too, yeah. and you'll be able to return serve to me on the next <laughs> yeah. team that we're going to talk yeah. about. I, I, I probably should have. Probably should have researched that a little bit more, actually, and, and saw that they don't really have any marquee front rowers. Mm. You've got some good front rowers, but they don't have a Joe Maria Hargraves or a Dylan Narp so got or a Kane Jesse Evans Bromwich they, they or a Jordan over. McLean or someone like no, that. that's right. Yeah. Uh, Vave, who, who can be quite good, but um, hasn't got a hell of a lot of minutes in him. Um, I'm just having a look on their injured list as well. You know, there's Manu Ma'u and Nathan Brown had a pretty good year when Nathan he played. Brown, yeah. All right, well, let's finish off with uh, a little bit of optimism for para fans. What 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 will improve their prospects in 2019? Well, I think quickly? they have signed a, a possible marquee front rower in Junior Paul. Yeah, from, yeah, back to the back to the Eels, Eels Junior, isn't he? Yeah, and he's yeah. a big body. He's fast. He can. And he's fitter. He's playing good footy at the race. Plays a lot of minutes. And also Blake Ferguson. Mm. You know, they're thinking that Blake Ferguson will hopefully fill that spot that Semi Radraj with that big winger, huge winger. All right, the Cowboys. Uh, well, they were another side touted as a premiership fancy at the start of the season. Been anything but. That was me. My yep. fault. <laughs> Sorry about that, Cowboys. <laughs> when asked at the start of the year, I said you were the premier. I wasn't alone, though. No. I wasn't alone. Oh, no. A lot of people thought, no, yeah, given but- their 2017 without... Jonathan Thurston and Matt Scott for most of the year, and we thought them coming back and Jordan McLean on board. Gee, this side is looking ominous. But um, McCle- sorry, McLean, Jordan McLean, McLean injured for most of the season, um, and other injuries. But there's just been, I don't know, there's just been a disconnect. There's been players down on form. Um, their outside backs leave a bit to be desired. Yep. They can be fantastic. When, know, when, they can finish extremely well. When those guys Felton COVID were available badge at the start of the season, at the very start of the season, there, there were signs there early though, wasn't there, Sats, that they just there just wasn't something quite I think in two thousand seventeen they they burnt the candle at both ends. Everyone had to rise ten or fifteen percent because of no Scott and no Thurston. And mm. I think they snuck up on a lot of sides. I think a lot of sides were anticipating they just they'd fold. Yeah. Because JT's not there. But I think and they didn't make some tough decisions after they won the comp. And you yep. can't blame them. Twenty fifteen it's you not, can't not blame ago. them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a difficult thing. Yeah. You know, when you when the emotion of winning a grand final comes along, but there are some players there that are going to be moved on, need to be moved on because they're just you know, they're just um, excess baggage now. All right, the optimism for Cowboys fans? Oh young Jake Clifford. I mean they're going to go through very good a, last week. They? Unless they recruit very well over the off season, which they haven't done a lot of over the years. Uh, Jordan McLean is probably their biggest off season signing for a while, but um yeah, young Jake Clifford's going to have to hold the reins. In the, um, in the halves with Michael Morgan, you'd imagine. Yep. I'm not convinced about Tamari Martin at fullback. No. Hey, he looks okay. I'm not convinced that he's a long-term fullback. And maybe him and, he and, he and Morgan will do a bit of a switch, switch around. And with the outside backs, year. lacking that youth and exuberance and speed and agility, they've got young Inari Tawala, mm. who played a little okay. bit of first grade this year. All right. you the other mistake they made? They lost Kalen Ponga. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, Could have made Ponga, a big difference. Viliami Kikau and Brandon Smith. Wow. All three of them were in the Cowboys system. All right. We move to the Manly Seagulls in the news of late for all of the wrong reasons and, of course, won't be participating in the finals. Where did it go wrong for them? Well, Where injuries. We I think yeah. injuries, first and foremost. Before all the uncertainty with Barrett and Penn and the disconnect between the playing group and, and management and... And the coaches, whatever it may be. Before, Rumors of infighting as well that was yeah, happening. Yeah, before all that, they lost young Lachlan Croker, who was going to be their long-term 5'8", with Daly Cherry Evans. 
Um, Dylan Walker missed a lot of lot of rugby league as well. Yeah. Aquila Iwate. Probably their biggest loss is Api Corosau, their hooker. Absolutely. They haven't been able to find a number nine that then get their sets moving forward. So, yeah, uh, outside of that, and to state the obvious, was the uncertainty around the yep. future of their coach and whatever it may be. The inconsistency that, that, yeah. that, that all of that has brought to the team. It's hard to nail why this team can be so good Curtis for a couple Zero. of weeks and then so bad for a few more. But they're not on their own. There's plenty yeah. of other clubs doing I mean, the same. We looked at the way it's... that they played just with their playing group in the back half of this year. And you look at their, their team, minus their injuries, Coruscant, Uate, Walker and, and Croker and Curtis Sirenen, they're a finals team. The way they play, they're a finals team. Mm. But they capitulated this year. They lost five in a row early yeah. in the year. They lost lost four in a row a bit later than that. They had a bad run lately. Just, uh... I think they capitulated because they have been given an excuse to capitulate about the resources and about the club and whatever it may be. All right. Well, we don't know who will be at the helm as a coaching point of view is concerned, but uh, let's cheer up Manly fans by giving them something to go on with in 2019. Well, I think you can build a club around Jake and Tom Trebojevic. Mm. They've just shown their combination together is simply amazing. It's just beautiful to watch. Um, you, you, there's polar opposites when you look at them as athletes. You know, Jake is like five foot eleven. Looks like he comes from the 1970s. Socks down, jersey out, and can play ball playing back row, which you don't have a lot of these days. You got Tom Trebojevic, who's you know, six foot four, just an amazing athlete, and um, mm. probably in five or six years' time will be our number one player in the game. You can build a <laughs> club around those two players, and Daly Cherry Evans has actually had a really good mm. year as well. All right, and the last club we'll look at for tonight's show, we'll look at another four tomorrow. The other four that won't be participating in the finals is the Bulldogs, whose form of late, as we touched on yesterday, the last month, arguably sats the uh, the informed team of the competition, really, outside the eight. Well, if you had the top seven and then a wild card, they'd probably get it, the Bulldogs. At the moment, you'd, I you'd think. Mount a pretty strong argument for them. They yeah. threw all their eggs in one basket with Kieran Foran, didn't they? If there was a wild card, it would be for the team that scored the most points, I reckon, Sat. You reckon? <laughs> the Raiders. <laughs> oh, who's that? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but uh, Foran uh, missing a majority of the year with an injury. But again, they put all their eggs in one basket with, with Foran. He showed at the start of the year that. That he's, you know, the form we've been so used to seeing him for so many years is just not there right now. He's, yeah. He looks like his body's just being held together by sticky tape. The salary cap scenario was really hurt oh, as well. They're, they're, oh, gee, they're, they're maths. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> just just ridiculous yeah. how how poor that their salary cap was managed. And now that the, the drama that Dean Payne and Co. and the new hierarchy are having to go through to try to sort that out, having to let. Four and go, and oh, sorry, um, Aaron Woods go, yep. uh, Moses Embai go. Like that's that's going to be detrimental on any to yeah. any club, isn't it? Early in the season, those guys the Morris Twins—they've got to yeah, they've got to look elsewhere. Also, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they've been outstanding this year. The Morris Twins. Well, they'll be hoping they'll uh, they'll start the next season the way they're finishing this one. So as they head into twenty nineteen, Sats, what uh, cheers you up as a Bulldogs? Fan? I really love the way that Dean Payne, his coaching staff, have been resilient. They've they've got through this this really hard period of the salary cap debacle and letting players go, as Badge said. But young five eight in Lock and Lewis has been promising outside Good. their thirty man squad at the start yep. of the year, and doubtful that he'd even get a start. So he's yeah. done very Good well. Game. Good defender. Um, Adam Elliott, I thought, was outstanding. Dave Clemmer has just gone to another level. Uh, Remus Smith, mm. the outside back, the winger, on the weekend. tremendous. Reese Martin made his debut at 26, 93% success rate as a kicker. And they've got two new good, good signings. Nick Meaney, the fullback for the Newcastle Knights, good player. And Siaso Su, the, the aggressive forward from uh, the West Tigers. Tigers. So I think 
I think the Bulldogs are looking up. So for Kubota diesel generators for serious backup power, that is our, well, a great debate, but it's a constructive debate as we look to the eight sides uh, not playing finals and their hopes for 2019. As we head to the break here on Off the Bench, our good friend Paddy Dangerfield, he's preparing for a big finals campaign, but for the meantime, he's got a big fishing tip for us for Anaconda. Anaconda, your one-stop Father's Day shop. Let's take a listen. Patrick Dangerfield here with another boating tip for Anaconda. Play more, pay less. Regular maintenance checks are essential for trouble-free boating. Unlike on land, there isn't always someone to flag down out on the water. Check the boat and make sure everything is ready to go. Batteries charged, the boat has plenty of fuel, there's plenty of fresh water on board and the bungs are in. It's always a better trip when everything's organised and stress-free. This has been another boating tip for Anaconda, your one-stop Father's Day shop. So Paddy Dangerfield there for Anaconda. Play more, pay less. We're going to take a quick break here on Off the Bench. Up next, Sats will nominate his Makita Power Player of the Week and we'll get his tips for the rest of round 25 as well. Off the Bench for Kubota Diesel Generators and First Choice Liquor. The Makita Power Player for Makita's cordless power garden range. Now we're going to throw in a uh, another Makita Power Player shortly, but before we do, as far as another, I mean one, probably just to sign off on what has been an incredible career, but Makita's massive redemption sale. I need to tell you about this first. Grab yourself free Makita gear. Visit makita.com.au for all the details. This one's a little bit left field. It is. That's what do you come up with. Well, the Swedish tennis official in the U.S. Open, um, round, Muhammad Layani. Yeah, round two. Yes, and he was the uh, the official for the Nick Kyrgios match. Yes, uh, Nick Kyrgios is in the second the second set and down three love against Pierre Hughes Herbert. Yeah, yep. Frenchman. And so what this uh, Muhammad Layani yeah. yeah, set down three love down in the second set. Muhammad Layani gets down off his chair, yep. goes down and sit, and talks to him because Nick's carrying on at this point. Yeah, he's, he is. It looks the, like he's half point tanking and doesn't yep, care. Yep. Um, and gives him a pep talk, more or less, just says, hey, "Listen, can you try? Can you're, you? You're better than this. You're better than this." Now he has come under fierce criticism. So yeah. Listen, he's stepping outside his boundaries here as an official. You know what, Benny? I don't care. I like it. It wasn't confrontational. It wasn't in an aggressive manner. His approach to Nick Kyrgios comes for, one, his love of the game mm. and thinking that this player is, is well, bringing the game into disrepute taking, in some way. Taking the P1 double five. Yeah, yeah, out of the game that he loves, this yeah. official. Yep. And it came from a good place. And um, too many people sometimes turn a blind eye to this. And I like that he's taken matters into his own hand because the result of this is that Nick Kyrgios loses the second set Wins the the next three sets to win this match against the yeah. Frenchman. Yes, it sets him sets himself up for a a duel with Roger Federer. I think it might, it might be. be next in line. Yeah, yep. But I I like what's happening. Yeah. I don't know where you sit with no, it. No, no. I mean, I, I'm okay with it. I, I do see that there will be accusations of unfair assistance. Uh, how would Pierre have felt while this was all unfolding? But Nick Kyrgios is there at the moment at the US Open without a coach, which is which is staggering. Um, maybe he just needs a referee to give him a pep talk halfway through every game. That might be the way to, to flick the switch to, to get him to focus. But, look, I don't mind it at all. Um, yep. And, and you know, he wasn't demonstrative in the way he did it. Uh, it's it's almost not impossible for a referee to collude with a player to, uh, to, to cheat in a game because it's all done on technology yep. now in Hawkeye. So I don't buy into that argument. But I can see why people have... Um, have sort of been left scratching their head by. I've just never seen it before. You've seen referees scold a player for carrying on like a pork chop, 
and often they do, tennis players, let's be honest, but to actually go down off his chair and for a good minute and a half to say, look, come on, you're better than this, mate. You just, just switch on, try your best, and you never know what might happen. And as it turned out, well, he, he did try his best and he ended up winning pretty comfortably. Well, yeah, a tennis official is there for the best interests of the game. Yes, to officiate the game, but also to ensure that the, the game is is reflected yeah. upon in, in, a, in a positive manner. So I, to be I, able to take matters into his own hands. I tell you who would have appreciated like it. it, the fans at Flushing Meadows, because they were probably looking at seeing a game that was going to become a farce yep. actually turn out to be a really good game of tennis. Absolutely. So, yeah, to Mohamed Layani, I, I, I think he's a wonderful nomination. Massive redemption sale, Makita, when power means business. Just as a an honorary Makita power player, yep. we could not go, I guess, this week without acknowledging Jonathan Thurston, who will bow out of action against the Gold Coast Titans a little later this weekend. But it was a little bit of audio and the highest praise possible, I would have thought, that came from a man that you look up to that, I think anyone involved in league reveres. Uh, do you want to set this one up for us, Sats? Mal Meninga um, on one of the Fox Sports channels the other day um, basically spoke about Jonathan Thurston, the effect that he's had on the game. Uh, Mal Meninga himself has had a huge effect on Jonathan Thurston, not only as a coach and a mentor, but also as a fellow Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander as well. Um, and this is what Mal Meninga had to say about Jonathan Thurston and his career. If you wanted to describe the game of rugby league by an individual uh, in the game, uh, Jonathan Thurston would be my, my pick um, because he loves the game. You know, it, it exudes out of him every time he plays and everything he says about the game, the way he carries himself. And we've talked about it here in, in, in glowing terms. Um, you know, the person he is, um, the, the growth in him since those, those bulldog days, you know, and, you know, but when those early years with the Maroons. Um, he's just grown as a person. He understands where he sits in this world. He understands that he's an important role model, not only for the game of rugby league, but for his people, the Indigenous peoples, the First Nations people. You know, So he wants to make his mark there. So he hasn't finished um, his life because football's over and done with. Um, there's better things in front of him now because he can use his fame and use his profile um, to be to make this place a better, make our world a better place to be in as well, and to help his people um, be in a better place in Australia. So I mean, um, that's why we people want to go through the gates and watching play the very last game. Um, we want to be there talking about. I was I was there watching Jonathan Thurston plays last eighty minutes of rugby league, but they'll keep following him. You know, if he really wants to make a a difference in this world. People were following. Uh, I mean, perfectly said by Mel. Pretty what he, emotional. What actually. he's done on the football field will just be one, and I don't take uh, this uh, lightly. But one small chapter of what Jonathan Thurston's going to achieve for his life. Jonathan Thurston won't be defined by his rugby league no. career. Jonathan Thurston will be defined by, in twenty years' time, the effect that he's had on on our environment. Yep. And um, and the education yeah. of the of the indigenous uh, nation. Yeah. You know, when he spoke up at federal and state government. And said, "We need a new stadium in Townsville." Mm. Politicians stood listen. up and listened. Yeah, he's been voted the most powerful person in Queensland, Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. That's amazing. Already calls for a statue at the new stadium. That that'll be a fait accompli. I think that'll happen yeah. at some stage. But uh, yeah, his legacy uh, league has given him the platform, and he's going to do some incredible things with it. Uh, right now, and off the bench, the driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, after last week at Talon Band, Triple Eight's Shane Van Gisbergen has regained the championship lead from DJR Team Penske's Scott McLaughlin after total domination. 
SVG joined Stephen Nims on the show last week, and Steve had to ask Gizzy if he knows how intimidating he looks when he is on the starting grid. So for Kubota Construction Equipment delivering power and performance, speak to your Kubota dealer. Let's take a listen. When you come up behind someone, it just seems like um, you get past people very easily. Do you think you scare them? I don't know. You've raced against me. What do yeah, you think? I'll pass well, you a few times. You've passed me a couple. I'll pass you a couple of times too. So, uh, yeah, you do. You yeah. always hit me though. Yeah, I always hit you. I know. Well, it's starting to it's starting to get the uh, the whole synergy of the, the whole Dale Earnhardt intimidator factor here. And I reckon that uh, there's definitely quite a few people that when you come up behind them, they, they don't seem to drive as defensive as they probably could. Is that fair to say? Um, yeah, yes and no. Like, I don't know. I mean, I know you've got to pick your yeah. battles, and we all pick our battles yeah. um, at certain times, but um, I don't know. It just seems yeah. like that there doesn't seem to be. Oh, Scotty put up a pretty good battle at SMP, I guess, but previous to that, it's yeah. been pretty easy for SVG. Yeah, on, it's never easy, but yeah. <laughs> well, you make it look easy. Never. Yeah, he does make it look <laughs> easy. I don't, I don't know what the answer to that is. I yeah, never show a race for a fight, but also I try and race as fair, as clean as possible, and but also as hard. You know, you don't give. Mushroom, yeah. but you give enough. But yeah. um, I don't well, know why. Another massive show this week. Jamie Wincup will join the boys. And we also chat to Mark Winterbottom. He'll uh, celebrate Father's Day with us. Steve will go back to 99 and Bathurst when he and his dad Dick teamed up as co-drivers of the famous number 17 Ford Falcon at Dick's final appearance at Australia's most famous race. You can catch the guys Sunday on the driver's seat for Kubota M71, which has the size and power you need. Speak to your Kubota dealer. And you can join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter by heading to Off The Bench Crew. We've got Sats tips still to come as you join us here on another big edition of Off The Bench. Off The Bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor. This is Off The Bench for first choice liquor and Kubota for serious backup power. Welcome back off the bench. Gee, we're nearly out of here. I hope you've enjoyed the program. Uh, lots that we have sunk our teeth into. Makita Power Players, previews, reviews, and of course the latest in league news throughout what has been another big and busy week. Let's wrap it up with Sats Tips. It's time for Scotty's Tips for Big Four Holiday Parks. Book your next great Australian break at bigfour.com.au. Yeah, and tack great Aussie escapes onto the end of that web address and you'll find some uh, wonderful information, helpful advice when it comes to booking your next holiday and planning it, for that matter, right around this brilliant country of ours. Uh, Just a few games left in the home and away season for you to run your eye over here, Sat. So for Big Four, let's start. Three games Saturday, Knights-Dragons, who's winning and why? I thought the Knights yesterday, but I think the Dragons, when you look at across the board, I think the Dragons just player for player just have better players across the park. Yeah, they're in a hole, but I just think they're in a better place as a team overall and what they can possibly provide. So I'm going to say the Dragons. All right, Titans-Cowboys. JT walks off into retirement sunset. Uh, the Titans have been good of late or better of late. <laughs> yeah, they have. Um, they've been courageous, Benny. All year, the Titans. I like what Garth Brennan has done with the side. It is really difficult for a side that has had such a big emotional game last week with the last game for JT. Yeah, it's really yeah. hard to get yourself up again. I again, think they will again just because of the person himself. He's you know, he's, he's a godlike figure. If you allow the emotion to take control of the occasion, I'm talking about the Titans here, yeah. in the first 10 minutes of the game, like Parramatta did last week, yeah. it's a long night. Game could be for over. the Titans, you can, yep. you can really... You can really take the emotion out of the occasion in the first 10 to 15 minutes with a really boring game plan, and then it just becomes another game. But I think the Cowboys, again, just mm. on the on the wave of JT. 
Uh, Eels Roosters Saturday night. Yeah, interesting one. I think the Roosters. I think the Eels. Are, you know, presentation night last week for Player of the Year before yeah. the season's even can't finished. Work that one out. I can't work it out. Um, <laughs> so I think they've. Yeah, clocked I think off. They had Mad Monday last <laughs> Monday Tuesday at their presentation. Uh, Bulldogs Sharks Sunday first of two games there. Yeah, Sharks. I yeah. Sharks are my premiership favourites. Yeah, right. There you go. And the Broncos and the Seagulls are a win for the Broncos and a few results going their way could see them with a home final in an elimination weekend. I think the Broncos will win. I think they'll win well. I think 13 yeah. plus. Semi Thiday's possible last game at Suncorp Stadium as well if they yeah. get a home semi. Yep. So a lot to play for. Alright, there you go. That's the tips for Big Four. Book now bigfour.com.au and this has been another huge show powered by Kubota and thanks to First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We will catch you the same time next week. Sats, thanks, see you man. then. See ya. Off the bench for Kubota diesel generators and first choice liquor.